everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We are the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. I'm Reese, and tonight I'm being joined by Liam and Mikey again. How are you both doing, boys? Mikey, it sounds like you had quite a busy weekend, actually. So you were quite, you were out and about on your travels. Oh yeah, just sort of dotted around. Had a evening with a with a few, with a few friends on a Saturday night down in the Big Smoke in Cardiff for a, for a few Swift Shandies. Uh, we started off in a. NQ64, which uh, is a games bar, like a games console, like all the old school Time Crisis and Oof. a couple of racing cars, and there was a dance mat there, and, and they had all the old school things lined up. They had a GameCube, they had an N64, and uh, they said, as long as you're drinking, you can play. Or right. you can buy tokens by the bar. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good fun. We had a bit of a bit of a sort of wander around. It was my... Um, my buddy's birthday weekend is Ryan. Give uh, you had Ryan uh, com- contribute to the pod before, so uh, shout out Ryan, child, happy birthday! 30, uh, 38 years young, and uh, not like going to do over forty as he is. So, uh, yeah. and then out uh, with um, one of the guys, uh, two two of the guys that uh, one of I know a bit better, Scott and uh, and Lewis and all. So uh, yeah, shout out to the boys, Scott and Lewis and all. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, the pod come up in conversation, but uh, if it did, and uh, if you're listening. Welcome to the pod, boys. Hope you enjoy. Two two things, Mikey. Um, a picture you sent me. That, that's the fanciest shandy I've ever seen. Being uh Oh yeah. <laughs> how much of that uh that's that so called shandy set you back? Let's not talk about how much that cost. <laughs> Understood. Did come with two figures before yeah. the uh, decimal. <laughs> so um only one of them I had. I'm starting to think that maybe um a time crisis style shootout is the way to like solve the problems at the WIU maybe uh and many other problems in life I think yeah yeah excellent how about you Liam much going on uh quite weekend for me I was um out on Friday celebrating uh news so and then weekend just chilled out just caught up with quite a lot of rugby Mm. European Cup weekend so watched quite a few games and uh enjoyed it yeah, they're not basically the same for me, but it's oddly quiet weekend. I sort of woke up Saturday yeah. with nothing to do for a change. So yeah, yeah it's great. I sort of, sort of sat down and watched it, the just, class. Just, sometimes it's just nice to recharge, isn't it? Just like say, you sit in front of the box, watching oh, all the rugby. I, I could sit there all day literally watching back-to-back games. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I fixed the uh, fixed the leak in my roof last weekend and Storm Isha as a... Uh, Reared his head, and I'm pleased to say there's no more water coming in. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> good, I am good fix then. I am rejoicing. Um, yeah, before we get going, then uh, please get in touch. We do love hearing from you. We are at FL Rugby Pod on X. I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. Liam is Biz1984, and Mikey is Mikey S. Harris. Uh, never slow news week, really, boys. Um, I think the main thing. Zabi Tierney's uh, responded to the joint supporters group letter, which we did cover in a previous episode. And I think our thoughts on it were that um, it was nice to be a united front. And then with half an hour uh, sort of gone, Dragons joint, uh, supporters group distanced themselves from some of the comments. Um, and Tierney's addressed that £10 million um, pounds extra funding for the Dragons comment. Um, and I think she's sort of settled on it was actually 6.5 million um but what, what do you boys make of that first of all then i think that the sort of I think opportunities that the 
not so much jump on all the facts, but had to provide a response. And I think the responses had to be kind of addressing the point, but guarded. It was it opens up quite sort of open and honest, and uh, sort of we, they want to engage and kind of like answering the questions, but not answering the questions at the same time. I hope this is another case of sort of like the the Roger Lewis kind of uh, mm. way of dealing with stuff. Like, but um, I think it was quite a cute response and all because. Uh, it was sort of the, the 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 feeling from it was such that she couldn't say too much right now, and I'm not sure if much will come from it either. Yeah, for me, it's it's a big middle finger back to the back to the clubs. Is the the way she addressed it, the way she handled it is you know it's basically calling them liars you know the the three supporters group they're obviously not the dragons because they distance themselves from that that figure but th- they must have been able to make that statement with with facts in mind mm. you know what i mean they haven't gone and said that knowing that it's not the truth and not knowing that is thing and for her to come back and you know just basically call them out saying you're wrong I just think it's, it's it's not a good start at all, is it? You know, you've got I she, she what did she say something like, um, I hope we can openly and transparently at your regular meetings we can build a working relationship where you no longer think this tactic is necessary. Yeah, well, it is necessary because of what's happened in the previous regimes. I and, did... and for her to the way she did, I think is just ridiculous. I I didn't like that bit because. To me, that sounded like she thought she was having some sort of undeserved authority questioned. And she was trying to stamp her authority on the regions. And that's been the problem, I think, for a while, is that the WIU has been very top-down. And it's it's almost a bit like, who the fuck do you think you are saying these things (laughs) in public? You know, I I don't think that builds transparency or a better working relationship, really. I think the way that, you know, all the new people they've got come in, like in... The new, with a bit more with less rugby and more wider knowledge on mm. how business works is is kind of a political bite back isn't it and i'm not sure if it was the the the, the wrong tone but it's a tone that we're not used to within welsh rugby from the uh upper echelons of of the union it, it struck me as like a bit of a head teacher having a go at a unruly year group <laughs> some, sometimes yeah. it's, that's kind of what what Welsh rugby needs because it hasn't had that it's had the softly softly approach or we'll like I say softly softly maybe I maybe that's the wrong term to use but like it's it's kind of like you know I had the words you know, I, it was like sort of I can't think right I had the right words earlier but it was like it's kind of they only know what they know kind of thing and mm. it's rugby people speaking to rugby people. Now, the, the upper echelons aren't necessarily directly rugby people. They come from different, from a different environment where, you know, the risks are higher for, mm-hmm. for them personally. For me. But I think now we're not used to having that kind of rhetoric from that level. Now we've got it. It's going to take a little bit of getting used to. For me, her letter stinks of everything that you've said is correct, but we're not going to admit that. And we're not going to give you the transparency that we know that. And it's just going to carry on. 
because that's all she had to do was accept what was said in that letter, say that we will work together to get the facts. Mm. And, you know, I, I need time to do that because obviously I've just started. Yeah. And, you know, we'll work together to 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 work it out and make sure that them facts are published because it's the transparency in Welsh rugby that has been lacking. Mm-hmm. And, and that was her chance to say, right, come on, guys, I get you're frustrated. I get there's issues. Let's work together and let's get to the bottom of it. I, um, yeah, I think I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm more down that, uh, I'm more of that opinion, I think, than anything else. And like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a letter. She had time to write it. She had time to think about it. And yeah, I think I agree. It strikes the wrong tone. Mike, another thing I wanted to pick up then is, um, she also says that the uh, professional game's under pressure and it's essential that budgets are set accordingly amidst a backdrop of, say, English clubs um, folding. I mean, that doesn't really sound promising for more funding, does it? It's probably not that promising in the... the plan to sort of ensure that the regions are top-down, better funded than what they are. And they have to be, you know, next season they'll be working on trying to do more with less. And I think everybody else is trying to do more with less as well. But that'll only go to a point where we do more with less. But Mm. I think it's probably with an eye to that because we're on, you know, being in sort of the situation with Wales and England as we are slightly devolved power. We're still governed to a degree by Westminster. And that kind of when you look at it from outside of Wales and into England and the state that rugby is with the teams folding we will well we has to make sure it's safe from within first before letting outside factors come in to upset it and the last thing we want is to see we've only got four professional teams in Wales I mean England started with what 13 and now they're down to 10 I mean mm. that's a pretty big deep end. I think we're fortunate in Wales to have keep, kept the four as they are right now yeah, it's uh, it is difficult. I mean, as you say, we're going from was it five point two million this year to was it four point five next year? And I think you know we talk about this top down thing quite a lot, but I think actually now you're starting to see the ill effects of that from the bottom up. So take for example now the young squad Gatlin's taken to the World Cup. Um, I'm not entirely yeah. I'm uh, sorry, Six Nations, of course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> buying that. Um, it's all about building. It's just like there's there's nobody else there, right? I mean, if this let's was not, if this let's was not a, there's a ton of injuries, mind. Oh yeah, but I mean, it, like, if if this was say twenty uh, twenty eleven, sorry twenty twelve or two thousand and eight, you wouldn't be dreaming of sending, you know, guys Mackenzie Martin's age to the Six Nations. Um, I think, and, and, and I think it's because that's all that's left. No, they, we can't yeah. afford. Well, it was a different, different time with different them, them players who were gone over much younger on making a trying to carve their careers out for themselves as well as if you look at for the national team and the and the regions as well. But uh, it's the succession thereafter, like his name. I mean, there's not them players. I mean, Sam Orbiton, once in a generation player, Justin Tubrick, once in a generation player. We were just fortunate to have them both at the same time there or thereabouts, <laughs> and other such... players. Like, I love like, that. If you these, look these at, two, these if you two look once in the... a generation players came at the same time. Well, yeah, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> but like you know, 
looking at Jack Morgan as that player of a similar ilk, but you know, we, we are lucky, right? That we do get these, ceiling. we get these worldies popping up from time to time. And I think, yeah, Jack Morgan's got a very high ceiling. David Jenkins, as we discussed last last week, uh, incredibly high ceiling potentially. Um, but it's something I've said before in the pod that I think a tangible goal for the WIU would be to have a double playing numbers within 10 years. Because I, I still think statistically it's very unlikely that the best rugby player in Wales has touched a rugby ball. You know, If only 1.5% yeah. of the population plays rugby, it's... Uh, you're not going to unearth these these worldies, you know. I mean, like look at yeah. look at the like constant sort of turnover of world class players in countries with populations of five million people, such as Ireland and New Zealand. They are there. You just got to get them playing rugby. But Wales is a small population competing with a lot of other things. I mean, oh, I yeah, we're competing we're competing with other sports clubs, other youth clubs, and other interests like you know the appeal of becoming a social media influencer. The NFL. Surely is great. Yeah, other sports. Yeah. Or, I mean, the, the appeal of becoming an NFL player yeah. or a social influencer, social yeah. media influencer, comes with, it seems to be more, more popular right now when now does rugby compete with something where you can escalate through the ranks really, really high when yeah. you're still in, still in the teens. I mean, you don't really get you know, some some lucky to get into academies at a younger age, 16, 17. Hmm. But I mean, like, you know, for particular... I think that's, where, I think that's like, where the lack of funding right now is actually coming to fruition. Yeah. Is where, you know, the lack of academy funding definitely is is showing now where the strength and depth isn't there. And I, I do think it's going to take a couple of years for for us to bring through the youngsters and for them to gain that experience because we say how much of a jump it is from the Premiership to regional and that's the same for regional to international. So, you know, we are going to have to bide our time and, and hopefully the guys stepping up now are going to make the grid. Yeah. And look at I, the, way, the, way, the, the way the Ospreys have selected against the Sharks on the weekend. I mean, there was a lot of... A lot of under... 20, under 20, under 21's kind of category there with a few, like George North, uh, etc. Plugging the gaps there. And, you know, sometimes you've got to take a punt. I think the Ospreys have done a real good job of taking a punt with some of the youngsters of late. And uh, they've really come to the fore. I mean, like, you know, you look at Morgan Morse, was he 18, 19? And uh, we've seen some comments on social media the other over the weekend. Morgan Morse only scores worldies. I saw long, that. <laughs> long, <laughs> long, that, long, may that <laughs> long may that continue. Yeah. So you look at all, all all four regions, they're all having to bring through youngsters. And right now, Cardiff and Ospreys are probably benefiting more from, from that than the other two. And, you know, if the trajectory of the of them teams carries on, then then youngsters are going to be really good players in two or three years, years time. But the, the problem I think it is we, that rebuilding phase. Yeah, I think the problem we've got there then becomes consistency, right? So if that Ospreys squad goes to play in South Africa for, you know, 10 weekends in a row, you probably don't get that result 50% of the time. And that, I think, is where bigger squads with supplemented with seasoned pros and world-class players yeah. will help. So, of course, Cardiff will have one-off games like we did against Sale last year, and Ospreys will have one-off games like um, they did against uh, Lions on the weekend. And 
Scarlet's will have one-off games like they did against Cardiff twice this season somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... It, but without without a deeper squad full chalk to the brim of talent uh, with a much wider age profile, I think consistency is going to be the problem. Then you don't get into the Champions Cup. You don't finish in the top half of the URC. And ultimately, I guess, the best you can hope for is winning the Welsh Shield. There's a bit of management there as well, and the management yeah. of the squad. And, you know, you've got to chance your arm in some cases, I think, like with the players like, I mean, Dan Evans, to go in, Morgan Morse, um, uh, Harry Deves, I mean, like, you know, mm. James Fender, Hugh Sutton, like, you know, I, I truly feel there's a, we look, we look in there, maybe not this this World Cup, but mm. there's there's a core of them players in that age range yeah. across the regions where I think that's where we can look forward to. So I think that'll show with the fruits of the labour of, of the academies because, again, sort of like, you know, we're better professional, well, Welsh rugby's better in a better professional place now than what he was in its inception back in 95. As bad as it is now, it, it, it can be done. You look back at, you know, the three or four years before Scarlet's won the league. We're probably in the same position we're in now. We were we had no money. We, had, we were forced to put our effort into the youngsters. And given three years' exposure in the league, they came good. And I think that's where we're at at the moment with all four teams. The money isn't there, so we have to rely on homegrown talent. And hopefully they, you know, they get nurtured. And they stay. You look at, exactly, yeah. But you, you, again, you look at what... Toby Booth is getting out of the uh, out of the Ospreys players now. The youngsters, fantastic to see. It, it is fantastic to see. You look, Matt Shares at Cardiff, he's doing the same, bringing the youngsters to, and he's getting a lot out of them. I think that that tells a lot that you put a good coaching team in place, and you will develop and you will get the best out of the players. It's it comes back to something we were talking about last week, where I think I can't remember if it was you, Liam, or you, Mike, you who brought up that somebody somewhere had said, "How come?" Cardiff again plaudits, even though we've only won sort of three matches this year. And I think it comes back to that sort of contract that the sort of the Cardiff administration has made with the fans. We we sort of uh, manage our expectations and we've gone, it's going to be a tough season, but we are going to try our guts out. And I think a lot of that comes down to the attitude of the coaching staff. And every now and then it'll result in a win. And that's what we saw on the weekend with Ospreys. And we'll talk about it in more detail later. But, like, you saw Toby Booth after the game, what it meant yeah. to him. And, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got buy-in from all of those players. Like, I mean, like, you look at the other coaches that have come and gone, like, if you can use the Ospreys, for example. I mean, there's been, like, uh, Lynn, Lynn Jones, Sean Hollies, and they are very much sort of been inward looking through through Welsh rugby. And mm. like a lot of other Welsh coaches have been inward looking. I mean, like, and then Toby Booth that was come from the outside. Yeah. Brings a wealth of experience from other areas of rugby and maybe not just rugby, maybe life as well. Mm. Uh, it seems to be quite sort of like, you know, pragmatic in his approach. And I think that shows probably with the way the Austrians are playing and the in terms of selection, like, you know, you can only with what you've got, like, which which he is and doing well. And, I mean, he didn't quite work with the Dragons when they brought in, uh, his name, I guess, away from me. Uh, yeah. It I know what I mean, yeah. quite work there, 
but I mean, that was under a time when the Dragons were still under Rayo ownership. So mm. maybe it, it, show, it shows for me this. I think this year has shown for me that the coaching setup is just as important as your superstar players. Yeah. Now, again, you look back at last year at, when Lee Blackett came into the Scarlets, completely changed us. Completely changed us. He's left and and it's gone back to the way it was. Uh, he's gone to Bath this year. Again, yeah. team severely underperforming for years and years. And look at them now. Yeah. You know, they, they're on the higher stage and they're looking good. They look like, you know, they are contenders for our Champions Cup. So that coaching staff is is massive for me. And I think, you know, obviously Die Flan at, at Dragons, Dwayne at, at the Scarlets, I think... You know the, their experience just isn't there, and, and their knowledge isn't there, and they need it needs to be backed up by by better coaches and more experience. Well, this sorry, go on, Maggie. So we're all, I think, I think we're all collectively as Welsh rugby supporters, all for trying to develop Welsh coaching talent through the ranks. Mm. And um, so far, I'm not sure it's quite worked. I mean, you know, uh, and you I mean, know what, Mikey, like uh, the. Even at age grade level, it all it all seems very piecemeal. So I noticed like the under twenties coaching te- team was like announced today, but most of them are going to be part timers. Uh, they're coming in from Premiership clubs to help out, and yeah. it's not the worst thing they could do. But yeah, if you want to develop international quality coaches, have them be full timers, fund it, fund the pathway, fund the product. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. like who? Who who comes in to to mentor that coach? Them oh, coaches totally. is it is it like you know is is that when the time when Warren Gatland moves upstairs as it were? Is well, he, he won't he won't move well, upstairs, will he? He moved to New Zealand. Well, wherever he feels he can do his best work from. But like you know, is it is is that the way, or is it a a coaching strategy with strategists put in place to purely work on but then like what what's that going to achieve is it just going to achieve sort of uh you know the 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 same kind of coaching ethos from a strategy point of view because the the, the issue is though you go back to this letter and what the average is going to be trying to do anything there doesn't seem to be a strategy you know, it's there is no sorry, there's there's no funding for the professional game. There's no funding for the academies. There's no funding for the under twenties. Yet there's funding for a hotel. There's funding for a roof walk, and it, it just doesn't the CBC, seem to be where the CBC money went straight away, which we yeah. don't yes, but, feel abhorrent towards. Yeah, exactly. And and this is what I mean. There, there doesn't seem to be a transparent strategy across the board. They identified this as a problem right off the bat. And I think it was was a Collier Keywood. Sorry, I forgot his name wrong. I, it's Richard, been a long day. Yeah, I think you were the Richard Richard Collier Keywood. I think. Yeah, he. I think he said that people often told him that they don't know what the WIU strategy is. And since I was like, oh, that's that's a good comment. Yeah, because I agree. But nobody's said anything since to make the strategy clear. I think they've got, they've got a massive job in their hands to yeah. understand what they see, what they want as a strategy and how they see that strategy playing out. So, I mean, this isn't going to happen overnight. And I don't I think anybody expecting it to happen overnight needs to uh, needs a reality check. I want it by tomorrow, Mikey. It's a case of that nobody within the 
Welsh Rugby Union wants to have that difficult conversation. As, as, as management, they're shying away from having that difficult conversation. They don't want to tell people what, what they want because it'll be frowned upon if it is three teams or two teams or, or mm. whatever it is they want. But like I said, there's never been anybody there with the balls to come out and say, this is what we want. This is what we want to achieve. And look back at the last, you know, since Gatlin's been involved, all the resources and all the structure has been pointed towards Team Wales. And the success of Team Wales has papered over all the cracks. And now them cracks can't be papered over. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing, though, is it? What do you mean? Well, having the cracks exposed, that's not a bad thing. Oh, because I they... see. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I thought you meant paper <laughs> over wasn't a bad thing. But no, yeah, it's 100%. You know, having them cracks exposed and, and finding it's, it's just for the Welsh paying public who support their teams week in, week out, it's going to be a long few years. Yeah, I like, think so. Talk to a few people who only, only watch the Wales games and, you know, they see the results and understand and see and um, the ramifications of them results at a yeah. peripheral level. Um it's not until you do a deep on. dive. It's not until you do a deep dive on the nuts and bolts and what needs greasing and what needs refurbing to actually see what actually is required to make sure them them results at the peripheral level keep happening. There is only us absolute noses who give a shit really, which is probably yeah. part of the problem. Um but it's yeah. those who there's, there's Sorry, those who there's those who care. But yeah. like, are those other kids, do they feel engaged by by the decision makers? Yeah, it goes back to what you're saying about like influencers and social media. You can engage people. You can engage people to be interested in any old bullshit. Um, but what I found with all of the pro rugby sides in Wales, from the regions up to the WIU itself, the social media output is pretty cringy, actually. Ospreys are doing a good job, I think. I quite enjoy the Ospreys social media account. But the other three, it just all feels a bit cringeworthy and a bit try hard. And yeah, it is, it's rubbish. Yeah, you that you're not gonna. It's it's not good enough just to have an Instagram account. You need a social media director who knows what they're doing to yeah. get people. You, you look what the Bears did. You look what the Bristol Bears yeah. did a couple of years back, and and what they do. You know, it's it's having that engagement. It's it's bringing new people into the uh, into the game and, and keeping mm. them there, isn't it? It's, it's we live in a YouTube, TikTok, Instagram generation. Goes back to what and, Mikey uh, was saying. There's just other distractions everywhere yeah. that you need to. Plus, I mean, yeah. if, if if we if we aim at you know getting at them, then obviously it lives on. But you know we can't rely on you know pre-COVID and you know fans from 10, 15 years ago. Isn't it mad how like different the world was ten years ago? Like. The the twenty thirteen yeah. Six Nations, um, you know, it was pre COVID, it was pre Brexit, it was pre Trump social media, like TikTok, I don't think existed. Oh, no. <laughs> diffuse has become, isn't it? A lot yeah. of life in its in itself has become diffuse, and there's a lot of people trying to take a lot of boxes. Yeah, and there's not enough hours in the day to be able to do so. Um, and I think probably, like you know, we're all guilty of it. I mean, we're all guilty of of doom scrolling. Mm. Far more often than we should, and um, I think until the doom stops, then um, then we'll actually probably see a bit of light coming. Like, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's an odd one how life changes, and uh, what um, what you can't predict. I mean, 
I think a, a friend of the pod, Jordan, sent me the the the, the Farrell news. Hoping yeah. not breaking that for anyone too soon. <laughs> um, and uh, she said breaking news, and I I was convinced it was something Welsh rugby orientated, <laughs> and uh, I was convinced Scotland had gone. Oh I really? Don't know, I, I don't know why. Oh, we're not that lucky. We're not that lucky. <laughs> I was convinced it was something like you know they'd been some sort of you know only recently coming back from New Zealand, of course. <laughs> like, and I I convinced myself in about three minutes that uh, Gatland had um, turned tail and uh, yeah, and decided to. Uh, but fortunately he'd, enough, I yeah, uh, he'd, he'd accidentally he'd, he'd accidentally badmouthed uh, Ely in front of Mackenzie Martin, and uh, he had to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right though, Mikey. Like uh, every time there's like. I can't picture going into a Six Nations about worrying. Do you remember like the, the 2019 World Cup? We were going into that, probably the most confident a Welsh team has ever been. And then yeah. like a week before the tournament started, there was the Rob Howley thing that broke. And to be fair, that didn't disrupt us anywhere near as much as it should. But there's always a scandal. There's always something like it's never. Like Louis Rees-Samet last week, you know, we we're about to, we we're about to name the squad. As, as yes. like, oh, by the way, Louis off. We we'll go. <laughs> we we'll go and win the grand slam now. Watch. Aye. <laughs> and, and then there'll be like, no problems in Wales. Yeah. Gatlin said today, write us off with your pair <laughs> off. So uh, <laughs> it's like you know we don't want to. No, none of us do. But you know, show us what you can do with with. With what I can see as a, a pretty uncooked squad. It's a yeah. wooden spoon squad. Well, I've, 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 joked, I've always been. I joked him. I've been, always been. Uh, what's the word? I've always been uh, interested in knowing how it is to be as as delusional as a person like Gatland with his comments today. It's just raising expectations that just aren't there. You know that that squad. I'm not saying that they'll be absolutely humiliated or anything but you know let's be real like I joked to my buddy Ryan on the weekend he said where do you finish where do you think we're going to finish in the Six Nations I said seventh <laughs> yes exactly it's um, I think it's somewhat a blessing that we have the blue teams at home this year I can see us doing Scotland and or Italy but that's it at best no, we, I can't see us doing Scotland. And I think the only reason we can beat Italy is because it'll be the last game yeah. of the tournament and they'll be overdone and they won't have left anything left in the tank. Well, to continue the metaphorical doom scroll that is this podcast, uh, the Welsh regions were in action on the weekend in Europe. And if we start chronologically, Liam, it's uh, Scarlet's going down 1931 at home against Stedinburgh. You, you said you didn't bother watching. So I've seen the highlights. As as, as, as I said, I was out on Friday night, so I didn't get to watch the game. Um, but again, it's, it's another case of rinse and repeat of what I've said for the last, you know, four or five weeks, isn't it? It's, it's a... If I'm honest, I think we kept the score down relatively low compared to what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, you know, scored a few late tries to, to make it look a bit better. Um, but the first half, they just they just blew us away, and it's it's the same old old story where we go back to there doesn't seem to be any direction there. It doesn't seem to be any you know tactics of of how we're trying to play the game, and it's it's, it's frustrating because um, obviously the second half you've got Tommy Lewis come on, add a bit of a cameo, and and chore it up a bit, you know, and 
why why isn't players like that being given? If if we're in that much of a state, why are we sticking with players like Steph Evs when we got players like that coming off the bench? I really like the look of. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten his name. Tommy. Um, Tommy Lewis. Tommy Lewis. I I thought he looked pretty classy actually. A little bit older than I thought that as well. At um, he's so- been in and around the squad for uh, for a while now. Like I say, he's gone off to. Uh, Jersey Reds, mm. he come back, then he's had a season with the Drovers, and he's always been one of the players that it's just the coaching staff haven't put enough, you know, mm-hmm. uh, given him enough chances. Yeah. yeah, you know, and he's got gas. He's got he's got proper gas. You know yeah. what I mean? And I've said for years to give him a chance. You know, I think I remember four or five years ago when he was nineteen, he just broke into the scene. And then I think he went off with uh, Will Sevens. That's right. And I was yeah. like, I was like, let's let's give give this boy a chance. Like he's he's got it. Mm. And again, this is just coaching staff without confidence in him. And that's where we are. Like so, hopefully now after last week's cameo, they do put a bit of uh, confidence into him and, and and give him a run against. Yeah. yeah. On that point, I suppose you know, like you said, there's no direction. Doesn't appear to be any direction on the park. I mean, you can have a team full of superstars but without direction. There's only so much yeah. they can do on their own. It was it was and, and flat it. as well, wasn't it, boys? Watching yeah. on telly. And, and this I, is it. This did, is what, sorry. Did you did you watch it live, Mikey? Yeah. Did you have the sound on? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't tell if I did or not. It was. It's not what you've come to expect from a Scarlet's crowd. Something else I picked up on social media over the weekend. Um, how right this is, I don't know. But let's roll with it for a minute. Let's say it is right. Um, it was a. About the Scarlet's attendance. Um, apparently, be it right or wrong, I don't know if anybody up there in the wide world of uh, Ruggers can put us right on this one. Please do. But all season ticket owner, all holders accounted as a seat, as, as, a, as a, a part of the attendance. Now, I wasn't aware of this. So the attendance for the Scarlet's game was, I don't know, somewhere around 5,500. 5, yeah. And um, what watched the game? I, I counted there wasn't five thousand. Eh? It's quite a common tactic, actually. The, this inflation, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. se- season ticket numbers, he pretty much always counted. I, I did and, realize, and, and, us- and usually they do show up though. But as you say, um, I mean, Biz, you got a season ticket. You weren't there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's you got two. It's 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 less than six thousand fans there. Yeah, and, and again, it's. It just shows, all right, there's a European Cup, so it's not the URC, so we can't give them a dig this week. But again, it's travelling support from Edinburgh. Yeah. I, I know it's friends that were there. Mm. I, I know fans, fan, friends that were there. And literally, there was no more than 20 Edinburgh fans. It's, it's funny you and should they, say and that. They, and they're going for a knockout game, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's funny you should say that. So when Edinburgh scored their tries, it was just dead silence. Yeah. Like, it was, it was wild. It's just crazy that you know. You look at Cardiff for the look how many fans they sent to sent to Paris. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a stadium they're going for, and it's a good weekend away. Don't get me wrong, but come on, like it's it's. I think it's, it's um, crazy that they supported some of these teams have got. One of the Cardiff supporters groups, or maybe one of the coaching staff, said it's uh, it's a nightclub of a rugby pitch in the middle. It is. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I I actually come up on my memories that we I was there five years ago Oof. this weekend, and um, I was trying to download the video to send it to you. Look, and and it honestly is, 
we we got to go there. We go, as as a group. Let, let's you know if there's a Welsh team involved next year. I'm no, so up for it. No Champions Cup. Yeah. But but let, you, let's 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 do it. The next time it happens, we have to go. I think. Hundred yeah. percent. If we go back to the fixture minute now, right? I mean, this this, this Edinburgh game now. Is it played over two legs? Is it a home and away fixture, or is it just one one fixture? No, so it's like uh, like the Champions Cup where you get four fixtures. You play four different teams, and right. you play two of them home and two of them away. And you're a pool of six or six, six. So like, pool of six people. Just, yeah. just just wondering, like you know, you say there's only around twenty Edinburgh fans there. Like you're asking Edinburgh to come down twice in a season. Yeah. Well, this this is it. Um, and somebody pointed out on on Twitter, Mikey, that um, of the last sixteen uh, ties in the Champions Cup, only one fixture features teams that haven't already played each other this season. It's yeah. such yeah, a that, shit format. Quinns against Glasgow. Yeah, that was disgusting. Only game. It's what? just why can't they go back to the old school format? Two two games home, two games away. Brilliant. I was uh, discussing something similar with my uncle who I was watching the games with, games with over the weekend. Uh, and uh, we, between us, like we couldn't rationale how yeah, how they've come to a conclusion where six teams, but you only play four teams in in, in the pool stages. is is ridiculous. I mean, like, we come to the conclusion that you could be the two best teams in the pool and never play each other. Well, this well, is it. Then, you I mean, at... you, 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 you could be a team in Cardiff's pool and, you, and you're fortunate enough to play Cardiff at home in your own ground yeah. and you're going to batter us. You know, like Toulouse, for example, got, yeah. a, got handed a bonus point win. But look at the format as well. You had teams on the weekend that hadn't won a game, had no bonus points, and if they won the game on the weekend, they could yeah. still get through the last 16. There was a chance Cardiff could have got from... Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, come on, like... What, what format? That's not the best of the best, is it? You, do, you you know, remember, do you remember back in the day, Mikey, when um, Ospreys had that sort of rivalry with Leicester and like the pool stages did go down to the last day and you knew who had to do yeah. what and it was close. Yeah. And I mean, you, that's the kind of drama sport should bring and that's, that's the only kind of drama you want to see in sport. You know, it was you, it was like Oprah just... Winfrey handing out participation medals. It was like, you get, you get a last 16 yeah. slot. You get a last 16 slot. But like, you, you, you want to you know, to be on the edge of your seat and cup rugby should, well, league rugby should do it, but cup, cup rugby should definitely be doing it. Like every game matters in a, in a cup run. Like, mm. you know. I think the worst thing for me as well about the format is the teams dropping down into the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, come on. Like, you, you're finishing fifth in a group of six and you're still playing in a competition where you shouldn't be. Like, yeah. Like, what, what incentive is it for the smaller teams in the Challenge Cup to go unbeaten, yeah. like like last year. I know we beat them in the end, but like last year, Scarlett's went unbeaten in their pool group. And then as a reward for that, you get a game against Clermont. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it's like, Come on. Like, it's, it, give, give the teams a chance. Like, give the second-tier teams a chance of, of that silverware. Give, you know, there's got to be jeopardy, but you're right. It's, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you're good enough to qualify for the Champions Cup and you're not good enough to get to the round of 16, then hard lines. Then you're out. You're out. Like, yeah. it's, it, but then them teams are feeling weaker sides. Look at the teams that play in Dublin against Leinster. Yeah. They, send a, they send a veg out there every time. And, and I know Leinster fans will kick off all the time about it, but it's true. Like, they know, what is the point in sending out your strongest possible side, mm. whether you're Leicester, Toulouse or anyone, to, to Dublin, when the chances are you're going to lose the game? 
yeah. and and you, you you know you're putting them bodies on the line when you don't have to because you know one bonus point win gets you through the last sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, like absolutely crazy. I mean, so yeah. Speaking of the uh, Champions Cup, it was winless Cardiff versus winless Racing Metro. It was, it was a fun game, I thought. Um, we scored four tries against Racing. I'll take it. Um, obviously, they they were you know the quality man. Fuck it out. Uh, Rollins, Khaleesi. It's just what are you going to do? Come his shot. I, <laughs> I I watched that game, and for me, as a neutral. If I was a Cardiff fan, I'd be very, very frustrated. There were a few decisions in that first half. The forward pass for one of the tries. Um, I thought Mackenzie and, Martin did get a head-on-head. Head. Uh, yeah, again, I was going to say the head-on-head head collision as well, which should have been looked at. And, But I think the main, the biggest frustrating point for Cardiff is that when you go down a couple of scores, it's like they switch off. It's, it's, it's like... That's it, guys. We're done. We're not going to come back from this. And shut up shop. There was a lot of that heads down stuff either at the start of last season or the season before, which was incredibly frustrating. And I think for the most part of the season, we've we've been past that and we've managed to put in, let's say, hardened performances for the majority of the match. But the thing, the thing that frustrates me more is when we're in the game and it's tight or we're ahead we still do silly things. So like it was the 40 minutes was up and Thomas Williams kicks back to Rassin rather than taking the halftime yeah. break at six points down. And yeah. we took, all right, we did go in still six points down. We, we repelled an attack. But Christ almighty, man, like we could have been 13 points down by halftime if that had gone worse. I'll, I'll be honest, Thomas Williams on, on the weekend had... More than one eye on the Six Nations. Oh, I yeah, I know you guess like that. I, yeah. I, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I know that's only natural. You don't want to pick up an injury in a game that doesn't mean anything. But when Bevan came on the second half, yeah, you looked so much sharper. Yeah, and uh, a shout out as well to the post for withstanding an impact from a rich Reese Carey. Try saving a uh, performance from Reese Carey and oh, the no, post. It, it was a, yeah, try saving performance of the post because otherwise he was going to take it back down. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, I'm not sure if he fancied that five to scrum in. No, no. You, Ru- be, you took... Ru- rumor has it the, the Eiffel Tower is still swinging. <laughs> yeah, you talk about uh, bounce of the ball, but yeah, you never talk about bounce of the Reese and. Uh... Yeah, he was like a pinball. Um, Mikey, Sunday then, a depleted Ospreys side, racked up a famous win in South Africa, beating the Lions 28-38. You, you enjoyed that one? Oh, I did. Very much so. And uh, so can, I ask you something? Of... can I ask you something? When there was sort of 10 minutes left and Ospreys were behind, did you think it was over? Yeah. I yeah. didn't think the game would end the way it did. Yeah, not uh, me neither. Very, very impressed with the gutsiness. And okay, you've got to admit, like well, I say, admit. But um, it, it, was it Cameron Jones? Was Cameron Jones the prop? Do you know what, Mikey? There were so many unknown quantities in that yeah. side. <laughs> it, it showed, like, you know, that that Cameron Jones's break to, to set up the last but one try. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was epic. <laughs> that that truly shows the kind of spirit the Ospreys are playing with. This is it's never give up. I mean, like you're in this plus seventy towards eighty, and and they still go in, and they had something to play for. They had a, a, a home tie to play for. I mean, like I mean, when you put yourself in such a position, 
like with with the hope of like you know going away. The Ospreys have seemed to to manage going away in mm. Europe quite well, but I mean to to bring to to bring a team home to them to sort of play them on in the, on their own patch in their own house. I mean that's a luxury the Ospreys haven't afforded themselves so, a lot of totally lately. Booth. I think said, and I might have misread this quote that some of those players that was the first time they've left Wales. Yeah, I, I read that as well. Like <laughs> in this, which is un- unbelievable. Like, I mean, but you can believe it as well. I mean, you know, it, it could well. I mean, I, I mean, when we went to Sicily on tour, uh, with uni, oh. that was the first time I got on. That, that, that's the first time. No, yeah, no, you're talking bloody right. hell. Yeah, as Mikey like, told you, you went to Sicily and climbed two volcanoes, Biz. <laughs> no, we haven't. But uh, yeah, that was the first time I'd gone on a plane, and um, yes, terrified the life out of me. So, like, you know, perhaps them boys are playing on the the fear and adrenaline alone, or I'm being just catapulted from bloody Cardiff to South Africa, of course. But um, sort of going sort of from uh, from kickoff, I think George North took his try really well. He cut some angles, I think. And looking at sort of the the facets of play, where like them South African teams are strong. I mean, they're strong up front. Mm. But the Ospreys seem to really manage the scrum really effectively, particularly between Reese Henry and Tom Botha. Like, and obviously the support from the second row, but like, I can't remember the guy's name, but the Lions had a massive tight dead. But I think oh, Reese Henry. A pro- he's uh, a props property. That yeah, guy. Is I think he is. recently uh, Henry absolutely cancelled him out. Like, and I think, um, you know, as, 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 as much as he may be a. It's the choice prop, I think he's forcing himself into more regular rugby. I mean, yeah. talking about one individual alone, like, but um, not take away from the rest of the squad. I mean, I think Owen Watt can have a fine game at 12. I mean, supporting George North at 13 as well. I think he had another, he, sh- he showed his class and experience in picking off um, his try for you know, yeah. picking out the, the, the weak defending 10 in front of him. Um, I think Owen Watkin then, as well is really riding the wave of being selected for Wales again. Yeah, he's, he's a solid player. Right? Confidence, eh? Yeah, I, I I really do like. He's such, he's so unassuming. Like, there's times we almost forget that he's playing. Yeah, and then like about Owen Watkin and I think did did George North go off late on with an injury and then yeah, I mean, so a, looks like a stinger. So yeah, but, but and then Kieran Williams to come off the bench to add a little bit more dynamic, and then he carries hard and for Keelan Drivers to score. Mm. I mean, like he, when the Ospreys got in the red zone, they were striking well. Um, and then to sort of, you know, that never say die out to do, like mentioned just now, uh, with, with Cameron Jones steaming through and setting up, and then followed by Morgan, uh, the Morgan Morse, uh, yeah, interception. Morse was that again, wasn't he? It was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got he's a number eight with Gasterburn, and we're not blessed with them very much. I mean, I think yeah. the, uh, I mean, you look looking at Morgan Morse as, uh, as next in like the throne kind of thing in the eight jersey, uh, going forward. I mean, maybe not. The, Next round, but sort of round after, like, but uh, I think one of the one of the funniest things I uh, picked up from the weekend was uh, Cameron Jones' player profile on um on the old social media. Oh, go on. Age, generally twenty one, height six plus, weight best part of twenty stone, standard for 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 a professional prop. Mm. But um, I think this is probably tantamount to the Ospreys' uh, social media stuff. <laughs> uh, it was like this, the last thing was sort of interesting fact mm. I can't remember which player say the Morgan Morse or Morgan Morris but <laughs> uh, I'm sure it must be Morgan Morse anyway but he says I'm a better squash drinker than Morgan Morse <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that, that tickled me that I did like but uh, oh, I tell you what Cameron Jones you can have all the squash you want if you can make breaks like that 
squash and rugby hand in hand. Can he scrimmage my golf? <laughs> I'm sure he's getting a good lesson but off his head regularly. I'm sure Duncan Jones is doing a feral job then because uh, you know, you look at this, the Osprey scrum. It's it's been fantastic for the last two years, and it's sad to wonder what Duncan Jones hey, is doing. There. Shout out to Duncan as well for shaving his barnet off as well. You hear about that? Yeah, fair yeah, play to him. Like. Yeah, yeah. Do, you know, do you know what? Right, everyone knows my opinion on, on the Ospreys, and that's never going to change. But they seem to have something at the moment that the other regions don't have. And, and that's that never give up attitude. And and again, I'll never support them or anything, but credit where it's due. They have put the performances in. They have put, you know, youngsters, given the confidence to the youngsters to go and do it. And and they've relied on them. And like I said, when, when it comes down to the crunch, they, they seem to be putting their performances in for the badge. Yeah. And yeah. like I say, you look at the Dragons, you look at the Scarlets, and, you know, sometimes the Blues... They, they can't if even. Thank you. They have. They haven't got. They haven't got that in them at the moment. And is you know again it goes back to my earlier point. Is that coming from Toby Booth? You know that that experience, like Mikey said, you know in not only in rugby but in life, and give, giving these guys, you know, just more than just coaching. I think and, so. I think he's the sort of coach that uh, people they want to do well for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, like, it reminds me of something like Pat Lamb. Like, you know, he gives it the beans, and you know, mm. gives it that you want to run through walls for him. You want to impress him. You want to make sure that you put on a performance that you, you play in next week. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not looking further than the week after. They're not, they're not saying, right, well, I'm going to be here for, mm-hmm. for a while. You know, I'm just going to ease into it. No, they're, they're playing like they're going to be dropped next week. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's how it feels. That's what it that's, looks like. That's a good the- point, actually. Yeah. Because. <sighs> And when, when you get given your chance, then you, you take it with both hands. And you've seen that, I think, from a lot of the youngsters, as Mikey's mentioned, your, your, your fenders and your, your morses. Yeah. Uh, is it Dan Edwards, the, the, the fly-off? Yeah. yeah. Really sort of quietly going about his business quite well. Um, and, and what do you do now? What does Toby Wolf do when, like, you know, you get it's the 20 injuries back? Mm. Like, what does... Nice problems I mean, to have. Can you, can, you, can, you really, exactly. can you really see, I mean, what do you do with Harry Deves? I mean, yeah. do, 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 do parachute Morgan Morris straight back in? I mean, Morgan Morris has been the Osprey's player of the season for the last three years. Like, yeah, Brick is still a rugby player as well, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we seem to not want to mention Tipperick behind. Yeah. Now, where, where, where does Tipperick sit? Does he sit behind behind Harry Deves and Jack Morgan? And where does Jack Morgan sit in, that, in, in the three as well? I mean, Harry Deves took a bit of a knock, yes, but... Why have you know, we got so many outstanding back row players in Wales, boys? What's going on? Like, bonkers, you can only put it put bonkers. it put it down because, well, with with a, with a team I've been coaching, well, given a hand with coaching, like mm. talking to to die the head coach there, and uh, he um, he was saying something very similar the other day. He said they all want to play, they all want to play seven. And I was like, what? Well, even the props, yeah, even the props, they all want to play seven and centre. Is the war an effect? Do you think? Well, do you know what I was? As you were saying, that I was thinking it. Yeah. Like you know, I think you know there was that you know Sam Owen was Lions captain, mm. Wales captain. He's a, he's a pundit captain. now. He's you yeah. know. So it's it's a, it's a fashionable, and mm-hmm. you know, two brickers has, has done his justice there as well. Like you know, he's you've got the hands, got the the the, the, the all round skills. Like so, players, young junior players, see players on the stage doing things like that, and there's there's a lineage, isn't it? They so want got, to emulate them, yeah. Martin Williams, Sam Obden, Justin Tipperick, Jack Morgan. It's one yeah. after the other. They've all been world class. And, like, yeah. you know, 
it's time for the props to stand up and make a name for himself and like Cameron <laughs> Jones doing his thing with a like you know it'll be Reese Henry right I, I guarantee yeah. you but not uh, a chance not <laughs> a chance <laughs> a fine... and, and you know what sorry go on uh, sorry the one thing that needs to stop with all this nonsense in Wales you know this ridiculous love-a-thon that's going on between the regions <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry but it's got to stop like it's no like, more of it we need, we need to respect bring the fact back that's... the days where rivalry is a thing sport is sport and there's nothing without rivalry keep, rivalries like, can be kept at the club level i mean you have you have to have local rivals better than others have you ever got to get back behind the other have regions you, have you ever supported penalta in a big game well, no, it's club oh, on club, isn't oh, 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 it? Oh, No, it's club it's on club. We're talking, it's, it's, this is region it's, on region. It's, it's your local rivals, and you can't have it. Cardiff announcing on Twitter, good luck, congratulations. Stop it. I, 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 think, I think the way I would put it is, good luck, you absolute fucking bastards. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's like... Like I'm sort it's of like, not needed, like... I, I'm sort I of see right, where I'm, Cardiff I'm, are coming from, mate, because Cardiff are in a different tournament. I'm a right to sort of wishing them well, but that's where I draw the line. It's like, no. yeah, okay, I wish you well, but fuck off. Just fuck off. Credit, you victory, will credit it? where it's due. Yeah. Credit where it's due for doing what they've done. And yeah. I'll, I'll hold my hands up to that. But yeah. if you think I'm supporting my local rivals in a big European game, you can... It depends who they play in for off. me. If Ospreys are playing somebody really contemptible, like, you know, who's going to be left? Yeah. Like I don't know who's going to be left. To be playing, they'd have to be playing the Ospreys for me to support them. <laughs> if they it's played anybody, if they played anybody Irish, I'll support them definitely. No, no, <laughs> no, no, ever, uh, never. It can't happen. Your, your local rivals, you do not support your local rivals. No, you've got to get behind them. I think. You think whatever. No chance. They were they were, right. they were a team. So well, were you supporting? Were you supporting the Scarlets last year? Is it their team in the knockouts? I mean, you want to, you wish them well. So you were supporting the Scarlets last year in the Champions in the Challenge Cup. So you wished them well, you know. And that's, and that's as far as it goes. Exactly. All the best. Literally, you're, you're, you're I'd like to I'd like to distance them. myself from the comments, Spikey Harris. Me. Then the boots on the other foot. Uh, and then finally on sun, uh, Sunday afternoon, then uh, it looked like a close game for a while, the Dragons uh, Sharks, and then it just descended into a. Bit of a hammer, and and I, I didn't realize dragons are on a bit of a run at home as well. Was it they, they was it free on the bounce? Which yeah. they play like that passed me by. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a bit of a hammering after Sharks uh scored towards the end, didn't it? It was a turning point, I think. I can't remember exactly when it was, but you could see in in the way the dragons carried themselves. Like there was uh, a couple of offish decisions, a couple of knock forwards, and it's like they, they kind of knocked the wind at themselves. Yeah. And it like it, it appears sort of like, you know, the, the, the coaching staff are doing all they can, but it's still the on-field management, which is leaving a lot to be desired. Um, but there's no... The decision-making, it was like, ah, like the first try, right? Even Jared Rosser could have done any one of a 100,000 million things, okay? Mm. But he decided to... F- try and fall on top of the ball and it evidently slips out. Now, I might, I got a problem with this, right? The referee gave the try. The conversion was, was scored in due course. But then it was up to until just about kickoff where the TMO comes in, right? I really think, I mean, yeah, we understand that the 
team or the, the, the coach the refereeing team want to give themselves the best opportunity to get it right yes of course fine then you know they because this is high pressure game I accept that and respect that however if the on-field decision was such the on-field should, decision should stay if the referee had any any um qualms of the whether the ball was grounded or not it was up to him to say first not for him to get that coming to him by tmo i i think I, i'm sort of with it wet so if if the referee's gone yes a try yep and then the conversion's taken and yep. the referee hasn't asked for tmo intervention yep. fair enough i think but you've, you've reminded me though that um in the Rassin game, Sia Khaleesi goes over. The referee literally says to Tiebo, I couldn't see anything, so I'm giving the try. Tell me otherwise. <laughs> I thought, fuck off. You would never make that. You would never ask that guy to the card if it would be. I didn't see anything, so make, convince me it was a try. Just going to see a fucking Khaleesi. Like, I don't, there's no angle that showed that ball down. <laughs> it, I mean, just for the Dragons, for me, for me, it just, they lack that killer instinct. They They lack that player that can grab them by the scruff and lead them on the pitch. Now Aaron Wainwright's doing a fine job of that mind. They need you say three, that. They, but they need you about say, three of you them. Say that. But then that first half, that first 30 minutes, no, they, they should have scored three or four tries. As um, and it's, they're so wasteful. As as somebody outside of the front row union, how how did you boys assess Leon Brown? He he finally had a bit of game time. To be fair but the majority did kind of manage Ox and Shea really well but there was issues with the binding and having the yeah. re- resets and so when when actually he got down and got the business he looked alright or was it a case of just Ox and Shea you know was complementary to the way uh, Leon Brown scrummages. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't see him concede scrums much or penalties come to that matter. However, it's you know, a, a different prop scrummage in a different way doesn't suit um, Leon Brown. We've seen it multiple times. Yeah. So I think it was I think it was I, a performance from a player that has lacked game time. One thing I did notice about Leon Brown, right? Then I think he's this is probably along that that uh, lack of game time. There was a there was a record breakdown, and um, and Rodri Jones was just about approaching, and he pops the ball up to Rodri Jones from the back of the back of the ruck, putting the ball in play, putting pressure on, on Rodri Jones. I mean that can't happen if you're a prop. Get on ruck watch in that situation, right? It doesn't matter if the scrum half is there to control the game. Let the scrum half do his business. Go let him go about his business. The hands didn't need to come in from Leon Brown. Just sort of, just just a pop up because they put. I felt I thought in the men's amount of pressure on Rory Jones to do something then, right now, and and that could have disrupted. You know, calls out wider. I mean, I think at the, at the time Rory Jones had a. Oh, well, sorry, Rory Jones. Rory Williams, isn't it the prop? No, the other scrum half. Yeah. No, yeah, Jones, yeah. Roger Williams. Williams is the scrum half. Jones is yeah, the... Sorry, Williams. Roger Williams. Anyway. Jones is the prop who they keep yeah. shifting from tight to loose and back and forth. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but Roger Williams and a lot of pressure and um, I think he ended up sort of like trying to scoot around the side of the ruck in the end, which probably wasn't his first choice. He just happened mm. to be with the ball in hand and he had to do something with it. He's an abrasive character, of course, like, but... Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is he's more than likely going to be Wales's sec... Well, substitute tight dead yeah. come the Six Nations I mean, if, if he makes it yeah. through unscathed. Um 
he's, yeah. he's not yeah, again, he's for, not for, gonna take the starting berth off um, Azurati, I don't think I mean I think Azurati's got a bit more about him of late than because uh, Leon Brown just hasn't had the game time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Right then, boys. Um, if there's nothing else on that, the next thing we're going to talk about is a little friendly competition we got going during the Six Nations. Uh, we're calling it "Guess the Wales 23. and it started really as just me, Mikey, Liam, and Ed. Uh, well, competition amongst ourselves, but we are going to open it up to any listeners if they want to. So, um, get in touch on Twitter. But yeah, uh, the the gist is, is you submit what you think the whale what you think the Wales 23 for a given match will be. Uh, you get a point if that player is named in the correct jersey. You get half a point if you're in the team and in the wrong jersey and nothing in there wrong. And whoever's got the most points at the end of the Six Nations is the winner. We're not playing for anything other than pride. Uh, how are you fancying your chances, boys? Well, I'm going to win. Yeah. I've been playing this game for quite some time so um, my colleagues and I we used to play this uh, in the before period before before the pandemic and the trick is you go against like Gatlin's head it's tricky you, you can't go with what you want to see you've got to go with what you think Gatland is going to do and that's hard work it is difficult it's, it's, diff- uh, it's, diff- it's, 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 it's difficult it's harder for- this year because of the squad yeah well it's difficult for two reasons because one Quite often, the decisions you know, the, the predictable decisions you'll make where he sticks to somebody who's out of form, perhaps you don't want him to make those decisions. So, your brain sort of says, No, he's, this, this is the week he drops him. And as you say, it's diff- more difficult this year because of just the unpredictability. Um, but yeah, if anybody is interested in taking part, please get in touch with us, send us a DM on, um, on the old X there. We are at FL Rugby Pod, uh, the more the merrier. And yeah, I think then every week we can announce the scores and uh, there is a, I think, an eight-page law book that you need to read before before you participate. Boys, you've done the reading, you've done the homework. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. I've read uh, the front cover. Yeah, yeah, it's got a nice, nice little emblem on the front there. Typical man reading instructions, I think, for me. Yeah. I've read the front cover, looked at the pictures and moved on. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, how are you feeling about it? But what, how do you how do you rate your chances there? Uh, confident. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Something like that, anyway. Every, every week, out of twenty three each week, what do you think you're getting? Six. Six. And that's going to win it for me. <laughs> I don't think it's mathematically possible to score six. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, boys. Um, all right, so yeah. Just to reiterate, get in touch if you want to join in. Um, you know, you know where we are. You'll find us. Finally, yeah, boys, the under twenty squad's been announced this uh, this week as well. Some interesting names there. Can you can you both see the notes? Yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, for me, I mean, a, a Cardiff fan, the, the names that are sticking out there. Lucas Dillarua, of course, um, has had some game time with the first this season. He's looked all right, I thought. Um, in addition, Harry Wild has played in the backs quite a bit for Cardiff RFC. I've liked the look of him, so I'll be keeping a close eye. Um, and then yeah, some names I don't recognize from the Cardiff set was a Cody Stone, somebody who hasn't come across my radar yet, and also Matty Young. How about you boys? Who, who you uh, who you shipping for greatness there? I think you're uh, you're up in um, Morgan Morse gets a good uh, a good crack at it. It's wild that he's still under twenties, isn't it? Like, mm, yeah. I think technically he could probably go down another step. Could he? How old is he? he- 
is there anything is there anything below the under twenties? Is the under eighteens? Under eighteens, yeah. I think if you're I think if you turn eighteen during the season, you're allowed to play for them. Is it? Yeah. Is it not something like sort of a first September, like the school years go and stuff like that? I and uh... don't believe so, but I, I could be wrong there. But uh, yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, Morgan Morse, his name just st- is it sticks out there, doesn't it? So, I'll, like... I'll be honest. I think I think he's unlucky not being into in the senior side. I divide him over Martin. You know? I think at this yeah, point, exactly. That's what I mean. If, you right. know, if his his age is shown on on the weekly basis in the last couple of months. That he's good enough to be there. Yeah, and I think the players like that sometimes, like you know, you when you've got a diamond, you can't go roughing them up too soon. I think there is some of that. I th- I think you're right. You you g- look give at, him a bit of time to develop for sure. Yeah, I mean, look at Harry Caddy. I mean, Harry Caddy was an absolute beast at this at this age group. Then he seemed to sort of like disappear into the wilderness of the dragons and wasn't necessarily so, that. Player who we've seen that Wales in the twenties in a pool with much much larger and darker sharks. So here's a question for you then: Do you think a player like Morgan Morse would develop more being in, involved in the senior setup, maybe having the odd appearance off the bench, or playing five full games for the twenties? Yeah, the latter. I, I give him give him the game time. Yeah, see how he does against elite. 20, 20 year olds from the, other, from the other countries, and if he, and if he still sticks out, take him, take him in the summer to Australia. I think there's you, you got to be cute with some players. Sometimes you got to make sure you're not pushing too hard. So we've seen enough players being pushed far too hard, far too soon. I mean, like mm. you know, I mean, we'll forever say Gavin Ensign was the best player never to go to a World Cup, mm. but you know, but he made Lions tour. However. Like, you know, he come on the scene really early, 18. Granted, he was in a high-pressure position at 10. I mean, there's no less pressure at 8, I suppose, depending on, on the type of game you play. But, like, you know, he came in, he wasn't the, the star everyone wanted him to be from the off and and tried away for a while. And then he come back bigger and stronger and better at 12. But personally, I'd say he would be better. Again, I, I, I personally think his performance is up to this Point in the season, I think he warrants a set, you know, selection in the, in the first in the seniors. You know, it's yes, I agree. I wouldn't with argue. What I wouldn't said. argue with it for yeah, sure. That's what I mean. Yeah. I agree with what you've both said, but he's been playing against seasoned, you know, professionals. He's been playing against t- players that are going to be first choice in the Irish setup, in in the, in the Scottish setup, in the Italian setup, mm. and he's he's made them look stupid a couple yeah. of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You know, what, how how long is right to hold a player back? This will be his for last me, season, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. No, no doubt. Like, but like I say, for me, I don't think we're blessed at eight to be able to say, "Go on, go in the twenties." Yeah. I think we should have given him his chance now. If if we are building, like you said earlier, if we are building, if that's the if that's the main goal here is to bring in players, he's in my opinion, he's good enough. Don't say that very often about Osprey's players, but hmm. in my opinion, he's good enough at the moment, and I think we've overlooked him. If, um, That's been the problem sometimes. Like they, they, they appear to be good enough, and then when they get make that try and make that step, it's been a bit left, a bit wanting. So, like you know, it, it got to nurture that sometimes. Like other players should have been nurtured a bit better, and they should have been. Tom Brady. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think this is, I think this is the issue as well. You know, you look back at the players that have been thrusted in at a young age, they've been expected to play absolutely outstanding from mm. the off yeah. and not given any chances. And because they've shown a bit of weakness or showed a bit of, you know, vulnerability, it's it's a case of, well, let's go back to what we know. Yeah. And you're back, you, you know, you're gone. Like, and, and, I, and I just think that... Players of the, of his quality don't they don't come around that often. Look look at our riches at eight in the last ten years. It's it's been one Bamatel. player and one player only. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know, let, let's give him that game time, give him that opportunity, put your faith in him, and let's stick with him. Yeah. Um if, if nobody else put it up. If you're talking about sticking and putting your faith in him, you're gonna allow him to have thirty bad games before he has a good one. I mean, Eddie Johns moves about sort of Richie Moanga having 50 games for the All Blacks before he actually found his feet. I mean, are we willing to do that as a nation to give a player 50 caps before we actually see him turn the performance out? Depends. So on your Depends team sheet this year, is, right? on your, you're, you're picking a team this year on your team sheet and you've got a choice between Morgan Mawson and Aaron Wainwright. Who are you picking at eight? <laughs> I mean, on, on this year's form? I mean, we've really seen enough of Morgan Morse to suggest that he's going to be world-class at international level? Probably not. Have we seen it's... Aaron Wainwright perform at a World Cup? Yes, we have. I, I, I take that point. Can I jump in? Because we've picked a lot of players who the answer to that first question is no. And I, I really do think that most, if he wanted to be in the senior men's sensation squad this year, could feel aggrieved that Martin has gone ahead of him, I think. Um... But there's also the possibility that maybe he wanted to stick at the under twenties level. Quite he's, possibly. Uh, Quite he's possibly. In, like you know, he's in. He's obviously in the the minds of international yeah. selection, being called up into the being being a part of that under twenty squad. So like you know, you'd like to think that yeah. there's going to be some of them names there who will feature for Wales in the future. I mean, like you know, he's got his he's got a good chance, hasn't he? Much as much as the same as sort of like uh, Harry Ackerman is. You know, he's yeah. doing good things for the Dragons and like you know uh, not being too familiar with this level like you know trying to look at some of the names there well I was just about uh, to I ask I thought it was um, a Nick Tomp I thought it was a Nick Tompkins but it's a Nick Thomas I was about to ask Biz actually are there any young Scarlets on that list because uh, I, I, I'm here and I think good things about Max Page but I could be wrong there centre I believe yeah <laughs> there's a few there that have had a bit of exposure this year you've got Luca Gianni as well in the back row another back row with us got, got, got a bit of talent to him um, but again, like like yourself, Reece, there's a few there that I don't recognise myself, and you yeah. know where, where they're coming through is is again we'll, we'll, it's interesting to see. There's some brilliant names there. There's there's a guy whose surname is Boshoff, which <laughs> we get Boshoff, Bash, Basham, and Beefham playing the same. <laughs> Killer bees. Yeah, hundred percent. Aiden Boshoff, love it. Cody Stone sounds like an hard bastard, as does Owen Conker as well. <laughs> What's um sticking out for me is like, like there's a Will Placis as well. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. What's, look, I'm never doing. Just just look at the fours there. You've got Ospreys, Dragons, Scarlets, Bristol, Cardiff Met, Midlands Central. I don't know what that is. Quins, RGC, Dragons. Lest Ebervale, right? There's there's a lot of people come from far and wide to get to, to get involved in this under twenties, mm-hmm. and a, a fair whack of them coming from outside of Wales itself. 
I mean, what, what, what does that say about the development of players in Wales at that well, level? I think quite often. I, I th- that quite often there'd be Welsh boys who've got like a scholarship over the border. Yeah, with the, uh, the universities and playing close to them. Yeah. Teams. Um, and yeah, I think I agree that like we do need better ties with our higher education establishments and our colleges. There's some connection between the regions and those. But yeah, if we can offer people a world-class education and a world-class athletics program in Wales, great, better play numbers, deeper squads. But it's, it's yeah. almost sort of echoes of the uh, Emmanuel favourable so kind of debacle, isn't it? I mean, trying to get my best talent in the in the country for, for the national side, and it just doesn't happen. So I, I don't think that you're on something there where we can't afford to be letting that happen further down the line. I mean, yeah, certainly something I'd be. I don't, I don't in. think I don't think that 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 squad gives us a big enough picture of of where they come from either. Because, like me and Reese have both said, there's players there that we don't recognise, so yet they're allocated to Scarlets, to Cardiff. You know, players like um, what's it, uh, Harry Wilde. No, it says Cardiff rugby. Mm. You know, unless you're a Cardiff through and through, you're not going to hear these guys. Like, yeah, I've I've only seen Harry Wilde play for the Rags this season. Um, I don't think he's made onto a first team. Team sheet. So there we, you know, yeah. that, there we go. Give us a better picture of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mid, Midland Central. That's that's basically left for university. Yeah. You know what I mean? If let, let's give them the, put the clubs next to them, and let, let's see, you know, the, where they're coming from. I'm, I'm sure in the past they they did that on the WIU website. I picked this up from somewhere. I can't remember. I did it. I, it was last minute stuff. But in the past they've done the sort of academy thing plus the village club they started at. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I could dig that out for next time. But yeah, uh, it's it's quite an unfamiliar looking under twenty side. So I, again, I think it might be a difficult season for Wales versus. Uh, well, it depends what age profile the other under twenties teams have got. But yeah, it could be a tricky. What, what one. is promising for me though is is the number of players that have been picked up from you know Johnny Green Harlequins, Tom Golder Harlequins, Sam Scott Midland Central, the Bristol Bears players. You know, it shows that we are actually going out and looking for Welsh players. Oh, totally. Rather than, yeah. rather than just relying on the Welsh Premiership. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that, that that is promising, you know, seeing all them players, again, not committing to Wales, but put, putting that shirt on. Yeah. Um, right, or if there's nothing... Or is it more of a... Oh, sorry, go on. No, sorry, Mike. If, you, if you've got another point now, we take that before it, we go to the listeners' questions. Is, is it... I mean, then players are going to know what, at present, a the cap ruling is for senior honours. Oh, God, yeah, no, that's a can of worms, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, they, they're looking outside of the country and uh, outside of the regions to, to, to get players into the N20s. You'd like to think that they are of a standard, com- capable of competing at that level. <laughs> but it, it, is it sort of maybe dangling a potential carrot, we'll call it for the want of a better word, mm. to draw them back to a, a region yeah, to, to further their rugby potential. Because really, these are the guys you want to see playing for the, for the regions. Yeah. 
it goes yeah. back to what Biz was saying, but like, you know, we, we got this exiles program. We're keeping an eye on people in England and, and further afield. And yeah, the goal shouldn't just be Wales on as it should be try and get people into the regional squads. It's, it's, it's almost like an effort of repatriation, like, isn't it? I mean, Which... it, it, it could well be, uh, you know, a case of, look, boys, I'm off to Bristol for a couple of seasons because I, I fancy it, but I will be back, don't worry. You know, it doesn't necessarily, <laughs> like, playing but for I Bristol wish... doesn't mean that the sites are trying to corrupt you, you know? Yeah, but, like, yeah. what? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a quiet word in one shell, like, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah. if we are to believe that Joe Hawkins has been in the year of Emmanuel Faber-Boso telling yeah. him how terrible it is in Wales, and these yeah. are only rumours. We can't substantiate these. This, these are very much USA of, of 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 other media outlets. I mean, you know, it only by the looks of it, it only takes one one person to have one bad experience to 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 start with the milk. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on that uh, cheery note, Mikey, you've got some listeners' questions for us again. Yeah, um, you're, you're, or, or, you're fast becoming our networker in chief. You between your. Well, I shenanigans out on the town and your <laughs> and your maybe Facebook I'll, activities. Maybe I'll start handing out cards when uh, next time I oh. have a have a trip down to Big Smoke. As soon as we sort that logo out, that's, uh... <laughs> maybe we'll have all all sorts of stash. We'll have proper rugby shirts with big thick white collars and you know hundred percent cotton shorts and blue and black so... sort of hoops and hang on now. <laughs> Let's discuss colours another day, is it? <laughs> Not sure if I'm okay with blue and black on the same jersey. Anyway, we digress. Uh, quest, well, topic of conversation more than a question of sorts. From uh, the, the, the three to my one, and we like to have a bit of fun in the scrum, Lloyd Owens. Uh, sort of a topic around uh, Josh Caulfield's red card on the weekend and sort of other more controversial rugby refereeing decisions in the like, such as Sam Auburn's red, uh, Speargate on uh, Brian O'Driscoll on the Lions tour many year ago, and uh, Mark Quetta was disallowed trying the World Cup. I mean, we've seen a lot of refereeing decisions not go the way we really should have seen seen them go, even if it is a Mark Quetta trying a rugby World Cup against South Africa. But like, if we just have a look at that, Josh Caulfield's red card. I mean, I didn't see this live. I've only seen it on replays and uh, thirty second cuts on social media. Um, for me. It's a rugby incident. I don't see it as necessarily a red card, sanctionable with a penalty, possibly, if you're going to go real light on it. But listening to the Irish commentators, <laughs> the Irish I, can't, I, I don't know who it was, but uh, listening to the Irish commentator who, the, who said, like, oh, the, the guy who got, got the bump, um, it sort of went straight off. Or he could do some real damage. He could have his international career blighted by finished off before he started. Um, if he was bad enough, yeah. But the guy was up. He was about. He was being tended to by uh, the physios. And what I hope we don't see going forward is this bit of pantomime potentially coming into rugby union. We see it enough in football. Rugby doesn't need it. So, on that basis, what do we think of the Josh Caulfield's? Red card and another like we've seen a lot of them. Red cards for seemingly innocent rugby incidents. Do we need to draw a line between a rugby incident and a red card? Not for me. I like this. I the first 
contact between the leg and the head. Definitely, I feel like that was accidental. The second one, man, it looks like he pulls the trigger. I I think it was, I think it was a cunt's trick. Um, and I think what you need is consistency. Sam Warburton's tip tackle by the letter of the law was a red card. Uh, the reason there was uproar is because no other tip tackles again red cards. Um, Cueto disallowed try. I mean, yeah, that's that's just because humans are fallible. And what was the other? Uh, the spear tackle. I mean, fuck it, that's a red card. The double spear tackle. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's not yeah. controversial. That's the, two people but, trying to burrow in back yeah. island. Like <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, like I think referees are quite red card happy of late. I mean, particularly with head knocks, not saying they don't deserve red cards to the letter of the law. And if it go into the letter of the law, much in the same way Sam Orbitan's red card was, yes, it's a red. But and I see other bits and bobs on social media which are acquiring, which says rugby needs a, another card. Does rugby need another card? I don't. Does rugby just I need to, to be think... a bit more, you know, <laughs> I do want to say happy to get more TMO involved. I think less TMO, the better. And the right decision need to come to a course, but do, is, is another card required? No, for, rugby for... just rugby just needs to enforce the rules it's got. It doesn't need to change anything. Yeah, exactly. It just needs to enforce what it's already got because it doesn't. I, I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to look back at the, the old red cards like like, like Warbs and the other ones because we're in a, we're already in a different era of refereeing, and you know you've got so many camera angles. You look at the Josh Caulfield one. You know he's. I'm looking at it here, and he's stepping over a player to to clean out a ruck, and his his boot catches Finley Bielham on the head as he comes down. Yeah, again, you look at it in slow motion; it's terrible. You look at it in in, in the speed that it's done in real life, and it is just a rugby instant. I, I could be mistaken in all of these, however. I just want to point out, because I spent most of my time avoiding the rucks. I never... You go in to have them collisions. It's, like, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a contact sport. And when you've got players legally allowed to wipe out players in, in a ruck situation, you're going to have contact with the head. It's, it's inevitable. I, I still can't believe that going off your feet in the ruck isn't policed, unless it's yeah. the red zone. Coming, like, from, the side, coming yeah. from the side is... is Insane. It's, I tell what's yeah. weird as well is, is how quickly we've managed to eradicate croc rolls. They've just stopped. Yeah. And 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 for me, you you look at the referees and there's no again we've said it in the past. There's no consistency. There's there's no one thing. They're all interpreting it interpreting it in their own way. And and I think that's where the issue is. That there's you know one tackle's being missed and it's not even being looked at. And the mm. next one, like look at David Jenkins' his, his yellow card in the extra game yesterday. I can see that was a bit daft. I mean, that, that Jenkins. Oh, I, I've, I've only seen the still, but if the still is accurate, then Dav. You're asking have gone players. No, you're asking players to lower their tackle height. He what is he? Six foot four, six foot five, seven. He's <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, he bent down as far as he could. The, the attacker has got the ball. He is ball bent in. down into yeah. the tackle. Yeah. There's nothing more that he can do there. Yeah. Apart from stand aside and let the player go past. You cannot do any more. No, that, 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 I think... that is, I think, one which is legitimately a grievance. Like that, that is the, That's the sort of tackle that makes the whole thing look silly. But and the he, worst thing for me in that uh, situation was Ben White also the GMO. Oh, I know. Says it all. <laughs> Says ben it all for me. Like, 
Ridiculous, like. Anything else on that, Mikey boy? Yeah, it's just like sort of common sense should come to the fore. Like with David Jenkins, it's a, it's a rugby instant. Like with clatterings around the breakdown, it's a contact sport. So, mm. I mean, I think TMOs, if they want their input in the game, they'll have it and they'll have it their way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you, you look at the other red card on the weekend from, from Saints against Munster. This Langdon one, you know, he's gone in to protect the ball. The Munster player is literally fallen on the on the ruck, and his head has come into contact with with Curtis's knee, and that's deemed as a red card. And it's like, come on, like there's got to be more consistency. And I've said it to Mikey in the past. The problem is that there's no one. There's no one governing body for referees. Yeah. They're all governed by their own unions. Yeah. So there's no accountability. And like, I, I think it's why I think it's why the officiating in international tournaments is so chaotic. It's because yeah. you, you then get this melting pot of officials from all over the world refereeing teams who aren't used to them. And yeah, for for me, for the game to move forward, all referees should come under the same governing body. It's the same. So there's there's impartiality. All right, you still won't referee your own country. Yeah, of but. Course. There has to be more accountability to these referees because at the moment they get away with murder and they are they are affecting the result of matches. I mean, I often look back to the Wales 30, England 3 match in 2013 when Steve Walsh was refing. Swear to God, a different day. That isn't that battering. Yeah. He exactly. refed the breakdown perfectly for Warby and Tipperick that day. And it all yeah. depends on what refs want to see as well. Again, yeah. it's this ref's interpretation, like isn't it? I mean, if the ref wants to see good competition over the ball, they'll have good competition over the ball. But you know, unless we farm refereeing out refereeing out to AI, then that's the only way there's going to be consistency. And who do you want to base AI on? Nigel Owens. And I don't mind referees making mistakes. They're human, right? They are human, but when they're making the mistakes that they are making and they've got all the technology at their disposal, it just makes a bit of a mockery of it. Yeah. I just want some consistency. Consistency, I, I agree. Uh, forbidden loves them, boys. I've I've got one this week. It's uh, Owen Farrell, again, just boiling the piss of English rugby fans and sticking two fingers up the game in England. Love it. I, I love it. I love him for it. Does he sort of um obviously he's, he's sort of written off his his England playing days as they stand mm-hmm. if he's going to uh play in France. He's signed for two years, isn't he? Yeah. So signed for two quest. years to possibly back for the World Cup. Well the Lions well the Lions I'd have thought, yeah. Well next question would be has he ruled himself self out of Lions contention? I mean that no, would be his dad's coach no chance. But you know <laughs> Is it when when's the Lions going? Twenty twenty five, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's going halfway yeah. through his contract. Yeah. So I mean the Lions may well have their own policy, <laughs> I mean, which 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 goes higher than than the coach, of course, but there has to be a bit of the coach must sometimes have what he wants. But if it was such that players only you know, there was certain sanctions on players playing outside of Britain, look, I don't know, I'm not hundred percent sure, right? But uh, the irony be in that you couldn't take him. Old fathers couldn't take young fathers. Would be a uh, that would be funny. 
it would, it would be funny. It's I, not I, 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 but funny. I think in a similar way to like Will Rowlands, if he's still at Rassin and in contention, I, I'm almost certain he would go as well. Um, I yeah. do have a shout out. Mikey, it's a friend of the pod, Alid's birthday today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Happy birthday, Alid. Indeed. Happy um, birthday, pal. Yeah. Uh, he, actually, he might have played for Nelson at the same time as Biz as well. Yeah, he had a few, uh, he had a few goals in the seconds. Um, Lloyd with a topic of conversation just now. Uh, Destructive outside centre was, oh, was, uh, was good. early. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Lloyd, uh, Lloyd christened him uh, two try too early because uh, every time Lloyd oh, played oh. the same game as him, he, uh, he always got over the line twice. Yeah, he never passed. Uh, yeah, I got a forbidden love as well. It's the, uh, the outpouring of affection for the Ospreys from the from Cardiff. Got to appreciate it. Got to enjoy it. Uh, On that go. note, my forbidden it's... love is I hope they get battered. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, had, you've had some stick I for hope, that uh, opinion. I, I, yeah, I hope they lose. I hope they lose comfortably and the world will be a better place. It would have been great if uh, the actual Scarlet's official page had... Uh, uh, put no. some statement out there, but um, Scarlet's official supporters clubs yeah. did put some out there to appreciate the, uh, you know, the the brethren from within. In yeah. official news, the Scarlets have distanced distanced themselves <laughs> from their own supporters club <laughs> for that nonsense. I, I I would actually love that. that would be the most clannishly thing I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, if I was in charge of the social media, then that's what, <laughs> that's what would be happening. Yeah. All right. Is that uh, is that everything? Has anybody got anything else to add there? Uh, I I'll think go we're good. All right, boys. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, the listener, for tuning in. And yeah, please, if you want to get involved with uh, Guess the Wales 23, get in touch and I'll give you a bit more detail on that. So uh, yeah, thanks once again. And ta-ra. Mm-hmm.